fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 How's Hello. it going today? Pretty good. It's uh, Saturday, March 5th, 2011, episode 63 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt and this is Sandy. Uh, welcome everyone. Tonight, we have a special guest with us in the house from Big Sky Health down there in uh, beautiful downtown Kalispell in the KM building. Ian, what's going on, my man? Hey, buddy. Nice hey, well, to be here. Good, Thank good. you for the invite. Welcome to the Hotbox. Thanks well, for being here. Welcome to my living room. <laughs> I mean, welcome to the studio in Burbank, California. I'm actually rather impressed. It's not, very nice in here. Not too very bad, nice huh? You got it's, lots of gear, man. It's very homely. Yeah. It is. It's comfortable. Oh, yeah. You guys can check out these shows every Tuesday and Saturday on Hotbox TV, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. Check it out on the site. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the feed and you'll get these episodes every night when they're posted automatically. Love the internet for that. Yay. It's beautiful. So, little computer gnomes. lots of stuff going on. Uh, we mentioned the Garden City Cannabis Expo. If you go to hotboxpodcast.com slash forums under meetups there, that's where we'll be uh, just kind of talking to everyone that's going. If you want to meet us there and join us for the show, we'll have a table if you want to yeah. come hang out. Uh, definitely post up in there. And if you don't have an account, you better get one. And you can talk to everyone from both shows because I know you guys, some of you guys listen to both podcasts. So there you go. And you can call us live, as always, at 406-204-4687. There we go. And so, the next thing, March 10th, what's happening there? We got some buses. Yes, actually, um, March 11th is the hearing in Helena at 8 a.m. in room 303 of the Capitol building right. about the repeal bill. Now, re regardless of what may be said in the news about the Senate not passing the repeal, I understand that. But we, we still want to show up there well, and be uh, like, what's happening? We need to remember they're politicians who are known for changing their stance at a moment's notice. What's that called? Doing one thing and saying another? Flip-flopping. Hypocrisy? Yeah. Something like that? So we want to make sure that people are still showing up there in numbers. We Big need numbers. numbers. Big, giant four-digit numbers. So, thanks to some local caregivers, there will be a bus leaving from the Columbia Falls area. We are going to be leaving the night of March 10th because it is a little bit longer of a drive for us, and we have gotten a fairly large bus, and we want right. to make sure that we can get there in time. So, we are also working on hotel accommodations. Good. And that information will be coming out more and more, but it, we're okay. going we'll to try to make sure everybody is taken care of. Right. We'll post it on the site and in the forums there. Like I said, make sure you remember there. And if you're reading the show notes that Sandy's been doing and I've been doing, uh, it's posted in there. So, yes. Uh, Ian, are you going to th this? Uh, yes, I am, actually. The hearing, the hearing on HB 161, which is the repeal bill, they meet at 8 in the morning on Friday. That's another reason for this uh, bus trip to get underway a day early. Right. Um, that's You want to be rested and have your thoughts collected and all get that. Get a few hours of sleep before you're going to show up down there. Right. And right. I believe later in the afternoon they're doing some sort of silent organization upstairs. Yeah, kind of a, pro be a silent, silent protest vigil. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Um. 
I so, am going down there next week. Uh, I'm going down Wednesday evening. Um, I'm giving two talks uh, to the Senate, one about drug abuse and the other one about medicinal marijuana. Really? They're usually conflicting topics, or a lot of people think that they're the same thing, which uh, I'm there to enlighten some individuals on the differences between using drugs and abusing drugs. Excellent. I don't think that's that's not something you hear all the time brought up in discussion. It's usually all drug use is abuse, except in a prescription setting. Other than that, you're a, a junkie or an abuser or whatever. Schedule 1 drugs have been labeled um, drugs of abuse. Um, there's no difference to the government uh the difference between using those drugs and abusing them. In the scientific and medical worlds, though, there is a very big difference between the two. Um, it's huge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at that list of Schedule 1 drugs, what's which one jumps out at you as completely not belonging with all of the others? Well, of course, the one that we're here to talk about Exactly. Tonight. Clearly. And I, I find it kind of disheartening that... If the government can blatantly lie about marijuana being dangerous and being a Schedule 1, what else are they doing that with? Is heroin a Schedule 1? Should it be? I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm so confused. I think there's been a lot of uh, younger individuals that have probably uh, experimented with marijuana and figured out that it wasn't quite as bad as everybody had said or the things that they've been learning in school. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they probably are a little bit more curious about these other drugs that have been deemed illicit substances. So, when the government states that gateway drug, <clears throat> excuse me, that gateway drug theory, do you believe that maybe they caused that a little bit? Uh, no, actually. I think that's more of a, 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 a misinterpretation of what really happens. Um, uh, for instance, the Institute of uh, Medicine, uh, they did a study on, on marijuana's role as a gateway drug. Um, they defined it um, as this, and I'm going to quote uh, this report. Um, Patterns in progression of drug use from adolescence to adulthood are strikingly regular. Because it, is, because it is the most widely used illicit drug, marijuana is predictably the first illicit drug most people encounter. Not surprisingly, most users of other illicit drugs have used marijuana first. In fact, most drug users begin with alcohol and nicotine before marijuana, hmm. usually before they are of legal age. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I know I did. How many friends do you have that got MIPs when they were younger? Or Everyone I, I know, except I'd, for me. <laughs> I definitely drank before I used marijuana. That's yep. that's a given. And I smoked cigarettes long before that too. I think I've been drinking water long before that too, so that may have something to do with it also. Well, I mean, I drink water and there's water in my bong here, so I don't know. I just, you know, water doesn't alter your uh, uh, <laughs> your conscious perception. <laughs> right. You know, that, the first time you smoke a cigarette, uh, I, I don't know if anybody else remembers, but man, that thing dizzy me and up. Oh man, I was what? all fucked up, felt sick. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the first time you drink, you you know, you take a little bit of alcohol and you get all messed up. You know, you're tripping all over yourself. You're slurring your words. You're giggling. You know, you're hanging on your friends and things. You're hitting you know? on girls and you so, maybe normally wouldn't. It, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, you know, you, you change your, your conscious perception of things. And, and I think that, uh, well, 
for thousands of years, people have looked for ways to alter their perceptions. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, using... and if you really get down to it, your environment does that. Absolutely. Also, and I mean... so w- once you've been introduced in ways to make yourself feel differently than you do on a normal day, I think right. that there's an interest innately, maybe even uh, uh, something that is genetic, possibly that we're like looking sure. for another sure. way to maybe feel different about our reality. Mm-hmm. It's changing your routine. People get into that monotonous autopilot mode and they're willing to go to some pretty extreme lengths to change that up. Well, and I I personally think that there's nothing wrong with being able to feel some kind of euphoric happiness your reality, when you're sure. going through a traumatic disorder or sickness the that's problem is, interfering with your life. Yeah, and the problem is being able to change your perception and your reality and not destroy your brain in the process or hurt your body well, in the process. Well, and I mean, cannabis was used for years before that in religious stance as being able to open your mind right. in to a thinking safe, more clearly. In a safe manner. Right. If you if you watch that documentary we were posting on the, the Hotbox yeah. forums there in the uh, video section or whatever, it's, uh, what was it, Montana PBS Clearing uh-huh. the Smoke. Yeah. They talk all about that. Why that do we an have an endo? Excellent documentary. <clears throat> yeah, th- it was done really well. Why do we have an endocannabinoid system? Why do animals have this? Why does this plant create these cannabinoids? You know, like we're we're supposed to use this, and it well, works and really well, and it doesn't hurt us. We have receptors for um, our body makes those things. Opium. This just stimulates also, the production of right. them, and that's key. I think it's funny, though, how our body automatically has these receptors that interact with these plants in a variety of ways that help people. I mean, that's just me. Not that I'm saying opium is a safe thing to When you use it properly and in moderation, if you drink too much water, you'll die. If you breathe too fast, you'll hyperventilate and die. If you You eat too much, you'll die. Common sense. Come on. And it's not hurting your kids. And if it is, you're a terrible parent. Come on. Uh, kids is an entirely different subject. I, I don't think that there's too many people that would argue that uh, young children using drugs, even if they're just using them or experimenting them, they're, they're, nobody's going to think that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but when you're saying that your medical safe cannabis use is hurting my child, that's ridiculous. That's going over a line. Well, that's a lie. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, first I mean, of all, stop lying. <laughs> um. Uh, drug use um, among younger kids is is down um, all across the nation. Uh, um, uh, federally, um, uh, current marijuana use by teens is down 18% uh, between the years 1999 and 2009. And that's federally. Can I um, just thank you for being such a well-prepared guest? I am very I impressed. That's awesome. I'm excited for this show to continue. I know. T- take just... notes, guests. This is how it's done. No, I'm kidding. Our, we've had good guests, but well, I, mean, I like that. I try to get this kind of information, too, but I don't ever have it at the show, so I just post it in the forums, right. like the crime index <laughs> and stuff. So, sorry, Ian, continue. Oh, no, that's okay. So that's a federal number, which um, you, there's a lot of states, obviously, that don't have medicinal marijuana. And so, you know, a lot of people will say, well, that's federally. That's not here in Montana. Um which, according here to in that, Montana, we encourage our kids to drink. Or, well, of course, in Montana, yeah, and drive Fords, right? Um, <laughs> the Office of Applied Studies um, did a national survey on drug use and health. Um, 
and I have and I have some numbers here, and and all I have all of the medicinal states here um, um, that have passed medicinal cannabis um, right. to be used by patients, and and I have uh, the numbers of teens that were using drugs in two thousand two and two thousand three, compared to the number of teens, um, and this is twelve to seventeen year olds, um, the difference between them using drugs in two thousand seven and two thousand eight, and if you look down these fifteen sixteen states, you'll you'll notice one thing in common is that. Um, the percent of change is um, they're all decreasing. Um, California's down 10%. You know, so, Oregon's down 11 And if you go down this list and you find Montana, um, this is really shocking. Uh, we have a 28.7% decrease in 12- and 17-year-olds using, decrease? using marijuana. Decrease? decrease. Interesting. Because um, that's kind of the opposite of what everyone uh, is saying there. So, Well, of course. Um, that's people, wonderful. People like to see what they see. Um, yeah. And, and, Interpretation um, and whatnot. Again. Well, and see, I read this um, editorial in the Billings Gazette several days ago, and I Mm -hmm. posted it to the Hotbox Facebook. There you go. And one of the things that was pointed out in the comments is that they don't really, you know, they bring up the amounts of kids that get in trouble for pharmaceuticals at school sporadically, but... Honestly, I think that's the overwhelming problem in schools nowadays because pharmaceutical medications are in every single house and parents think that kids have this innate understanding of medicines and you shouldn't use them for, you know. I think marijuana is one of those things that it should be approached in the stance of being just another medicine. You don't use it unless you're sick, you know. Until the until the laws change, I kind of feel that it it works as a great preventative. Look at the studies that they're doing with this cancer stuff. It's mind blowing. Well, and I mean, I've said before, I would much rather kids go to a party knowing that if there's marijuana there, it's probably the safest thing they could experiment with, aside from drinking or harder drugs. Yep. You know, and I'm I'm not condoning kids using drugs by any means but i mean honestly it is a safer alternative oh absolutely i mean you know that that's exactly what mason um tavert was talking about with us from safer choice you know we're we're constantly talking about alcohol being you know eh, the safe alternative or whatever eh, you know the football players drink after winning the game eh no biggie but then one of them ods and dies oops you know but if they all got in trouble for smoking pot, it Whoa, would be watch this out. huge, huge It's like that thing. picture we saw passed around on Facebook. It was the drunk, and it was just this terrible, disgusting-looking person. And then it was the pot smoker, and it was yeah. the swimmer champion. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, I'm sorry. Phelps. Phelps. Not Fred. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look at the contrast. This alcoholic drunk that's probably incontinent at this moment, and then this awesome, I swim faster than the fish sometimes, that, you know, this Olympic gold medalist, really. Well, like, I mean, wow. look at look at Irv Rosenthal. There, Rosenfeld. Rosenfeld. Yes. Sorry. Sure. Look at Irv. I did that last okay. show, too. It's okay. Look at Irv Rosenfeld. He is a multi-million dollar stockbroker. Mm-hmm. He handles people's money on a continuing basis. He doesn't get impaired. Basis. He does it very well. Yep. He is good at his job. There's a reason he's still doing it. Exactly. You know? So, lately we've been we've been starting out the shows kind of comparing and contrasting these legal things uh, with marijuana and 
since we're talking about pharmaceuticals, I have an interesting study here. Um, the CDC is warning that opioid pain relievers, such as Vicodins and Oxycontins, increase the risk of birth defects. Mmm. So, consuming opioid pain relievers, such as codeine, oxycodone, hydrocodone, any of those, uh, just before pregnancy or early in pregnancy, increases the risk of certain birth defects, especially congenital heart defects. The CDC uh, warned on Wednesday. So, and I know people firsthand, and this is anecdotal, but I know people that have smoked cannabis throughout their pregnancies and the children, completely fine. Mm -hmm. And I know you can't be drinking when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Probably not a good idea to be smoking cigs. Mm -hmm. And now also not a good idea to be doing painkillers. And if you didn't know that already... Um, a uh, duh. You know what <laughs> I thought was really kind of interesting is with two of my deliveries, I was in so much pain and so tensed up, obviously, but they gave me obviously. massive shots of morphine mm-hmm, to sure. help relax me enough Pins to continue, and needles. right? <laughs> yeah. But how is that safe for the baby? Exactly. And this is like, <laughs> this is why I like doing this. You... This is something that is prescribed, and look at what negative effects it has. And then over here, we have this Schedule 1 substance, thank you, uh-huh. that has none of this and has benefits. Well, they've done studies in Jamaica where women used cannabis throughout the pregnancy, and, and you know... There were no ill effects on the baby at all. Yeah. But you look at women here that, I mean, I've been given prescriptions for painkillers when I've been pregnant. I fell and I thought I broke my tailbone one time and they gave me a prescription of Lord tabs and told me to just sleep on it. Yeah, here you go. Sure. And if you were wondering, congenital heart defects are one of the most common types of birth defects affecting nearly 40,000 infants in the U.S. every year. Many infants with the conditions die in the first year of life, and those who survive often require numerous surgeries, lengthy hospitalizations, and a lifetime of treatment of related disabilities. So, if you're preggers, get off the pills. I'm telling you, you are not going to like what you see when that comes out. You know, I didn't use any drugs, and I have a son with a disability that I'm going to be dealing with for the rest of my life. Yeah, it happens. Sometimes it happens. It does. And I think that it's wrong for them to, like, point marijuana at... Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's fine. I won't go on that rant. All right. And now, uh, also, <laughs> speaking of things that are able to be... Consumed. S- consumed. We have this study here that says nicotine replacements are actually poisoning your children. So I would like to direct the safe commie mothers... <laughs> Safe commie the safe commie mothers to look at this and maybe shift some of their or all of their aggression uh, and and focus it here. This is hurting your kids, not cannabis. My kids think gum is cool, right? Regardless of you know, they're not going to ask. They this take gum, gum could poison from anybody, them. anywhere. I mean, well, I mean, I I try not to let them take candy from strangers, but I mean, right. I don't let them take candy from strangers, but I'm saying like they'll dig through a purse and find candy and eat it. I'm a fan of strangers with candy, though. But nicotine in gum, I think, right. you know, why don't, why doesn't somebody take why some don't time we just for that? Make, why don't we just <laughs> make fentanyl lollipops? 
Oh, oh wait. we already did. We do. Oh. I'm sorry. Never mind. Uh, nicotine did, gum. Did, lo- what's that? Did did they steal that from the cannabis industry? Is that like a novel that? idea for them? Well, there's there's cannabis lollipops. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, it, I think they've the been making all people say, "Hey, that's a really good fucking idea." That's a good. We should delivery. We should, method. We should do that. Yeah. yeah. We should do that. See, one Let's of the do things that. that has always bothered me. Are we doing me that? Is Can- they candy jump- cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> right. They- Look how cool I look. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> they jump smoke. all over edibles and stuff, but when you go to Walgreens, have you ever seen that yep. poster? With we the will teddy flavor bear on your it? medicine for your kids any flavor you want. Yeah, and there's a list of all the different flavors they'll put into the medicine to help your child take it. I'll take my Oxycontin orange, and I'll take my Ritalin <laughs> in grape. Thanks. Bubble and I'll have one of those. One. I'll take one of those fentanyl lollipops too. I, I think they stole that from the cannabis industry too. <laughs> Maybe we got great ape. Well, you should do that too. Yep. Yeah. That's a good idea. Hey, get Mark from marketing up here. <laughs> Thank you, Purdue. Uh, nicotine gum lozenges and related products are safe if used by smokers at recommended dosages, but. Major overdoses can cause symptoms including irregular pulse, breathing difficulties, and in some cases, death. Much like a lot of things, they have a lot of side effects. Of course. Um, But hey, when you're dead, you're not smoking. Problem solved. You're welcome. I think that that with a lot of this thing that we were just talking about comes uh, the differences between use and abuse. Um, You know, for a cigarette smoker to want to start using a nicotine gum, if if they're using it instead of abusing it, you know, if you're sticking six six of them in your mouth and, like, you know, fiending out for your nicotine fix and and, and you got the patches on, too, you know, you're really really abusing that substance. You're, you're, You're using it incorrectly. Um, and, and, and now, where do you draw the line between use and abuse of cannabis? Uh, well, <laughs> where do I draw the line, or where does the medical and scientific community draw the line? Either or. Um, I, I think. Are you in agreement with them? Uh, somewhat. I think that if you are using cannabis and it is taking away from your social responsibilities, like if if you if you are staying home from work to smoke and play Xbox and smoke. What about World smoke, of Warcraft? If 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 you're skipping social things, you yeah. can you can abuse a video game as well. Exactly. Um, with marijuana, though, um, you're, you're really it's becoming a major part of your life. Um, you're spending a lot of time trying to get high. You're you're giving up, like I said, your social responsibilities. You don't play baseball anymore because you'd rather smoke right. pot. You don't want to go to work because you would rather smoke pot. So now, what if you can go to work and smoke pot and get your job done and nothing suffers uh, negatively and everything is good is that considered abuse still is it the actual act of the degradation of your life everybody's different everybody's well, gonna have a different right. tolerance level and so no i don't think that um it, we if can't have a set standard then we have to examine case by not. case with any drug abuse sure. you, you it's on a case by case basis you know somebody that gets 160 80 milligram oxycontins every month they may be able to take those pills, six of them a day, by the way, and and function somewhat. And so that's not considered drug abuse. Um, right. Drug abuse with, with those kinds of drugs is usually when you start to, uh, I don't know, cook them down or smoke them. Or maybe s a d for them. Correct. Sure. Correct. Correct. Um, and, and so okay. there's there's this really big difference between you know using cannabis and abusing cannabis. Um, and, and I think that uh, you're going to find a lot more people that are abusing this substance when they're a little younger because it's very important to them. It sure. makes them feel good. They're cool or whatever. And so they're going to have – you're going to find younger individuals giving up after-school programs. They're going to be giving up sports. They're going to be giving up the things that, that 
that they would normally be doing because Grades they're smoking. Will suffer and, right, because yeah. instead of doing their homework, they're out with their buddies driving around smoking. Right. Now, I know in some cases that helps kids focus and they actually get their work done. Some. But it's a some, case by case. Some. Uh, sure. And, and, and you, say you, can ar- you can argue that one both ways. Well, sure, sure. Alcohol, and I would. Is well, it alcohol a case by case basis? Yes. Don't we, 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 we usually don't point out somebody has an alcohol problem until. They get pulled over. Right. They get pulled over. Right. Or, they or stop beat their going wife or, or crash their drunk. boat or crash their boat, maybe. That's another difference between use and abuse. You know, with alcohol, you can use alcohol. You can have your glass of wine with dinner. You can have drinks at your house. Hell, you can get really drunk at your house. That's fine. But right. when it starts to cause social issues for you, like getting pulled over, getting um, and, 86 and I really from think bars. And I really think that you're abusing any substance if you're out putting others at risk by it, behind the wheel. Absolutely. Um, and, and so the, and you have, have to know cl- yourself cut line. if you can if you're the kind of person that can smoke and drive because some people can, some people can't. We uh, have to establish. V- very true. Um, and we can't go based on metabolites well, as we we've learned and because we can't say that just testing someone and they have it in their system is a right. Reason that's to the metabolites. While I have yeah. metabolites from two weeks ago still in my system. I'm not impaired from them at all. Mm-hmm. Sh- should I should I quote another study Absolutely, about, please about do. drinking and driving? Okay, so please. first of all, uh, um, all crashes and victims for Montana in 2009 um, was uh, they give this a number. This isn't the actual number of crashes, but it's like a reference number. And so it's 221. And as you go, um, the last year that we had fewer crashes was 1996. Um, and and the numbers fluctuate in the last decade or so, and so there there's no like real correlation between medicinal marijuana and vehicle crashes. Interesting, also, because one of the senators, I believe, was scared, and he wasn't going to vote for this because he didn't want more impaired drivers on the road. That ab- was his absolutely. excuse. And and see, um, alcohol remains the dominant drug associated with injury producing cra- uh, traffic crashes. Of course, um, but and marijuana is often detected in these cases. Um, but this independent study found out that in the absence of alcohol, marijuana is not associated with crash responsibility. That's um, good that they looked at that because they don't understand the correlation causation issue. And they say that because you had marijuana in your system, that's what caused it. But then it's like, no, the alcohol caused it. Well, and the other issue with that is um, if you are using marijuana – um, and for a lot of medicinal patients, they don't use it every day. They're, they're not a daily smoker. They, you know, a, a lot of people use it for, for pain and, and a sleep aid. And so they, they don't use it every day because they don't feel that they need to. That's one of the empowering things about being a cannabis patient is that you get to take your ailment and your medication into your own hands. You get the opportunity to educate yourself a little bit, do a little trial and error and figure out what works for you. I think that's hugely important to talk about too because if you're on opiate painkillers you can't take it whenever you want it after a while if you don't take it you're gonna get really sick with cannabis you can smoke it every day for three years and then stop for a week and be fine you're not gonna suffer these intense i'm gonna kill myself symptoms well and like i tell people physiological pain with your painkillers you have to be careful how many you take during the day because you could overdose accidentally if you're in a lot of pain and you feel like the first six didn't help you may want to keep taking more and the nice thing with cannabis is that if you're having that bad of a day and you need to smoke or eat it you know, several times throughout the day, you don't have that fear of overdosing and dying from it. 
You might exactly. pass out yep. and sleep for a while, but Maybe. that doesn't really hurt anybody, I don't know. Right? For the as most part... As long as part, you're at home in bed. If I smoke, <laughs> when I smoke in the daytime when I'm at work, like, I'm totally fine. I don't get tired or anything like that. If it's nighttime and I'm smoking and it's been a long day, sure, but I'm tired initially. Mm-hmm. It's not the cannabis that's creating that, but if that symptom is there, it will add to it. Well, Yeah. There, there's a portion of, of cannabis users that become uh, cannabis dependent, um, and it's a really small percentage. I've seen anywhere between 8 now, and 10%. we need a definition of what dependent is, because this isn't in the same way as an opiate per, uh, dependency. It's not that you'll go through detox, necessarily. Exactly. It's a mental state, not a physical state. You want to smoke, but you're not physically sick. You if, don't have if, flu if you symptoms. Have, if you have a feeling that you need to smoke to feel normal, that is a dependency on cannabis right um but you're not smoking to alleviate these disgusting withdrawal symptoms that's what i'm saying no and 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 that's the other thing is that uh, when you talk about cannabis withdrawals they're really negligible and that's and that's one of the issues with with um, marijuana and addiction um I know I was talking earlier about how the difference between use and abuse. Mm. Um, well, the third stage to that is called addiction. And, and the medical world really thinks that you need to be abusing a drug to become addicted to it. Um, uh, cannabis dependence, uh, it's, 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 it's medically accepted that, that there's a small percentage, 8 to 10% of cannabis users over a prolonged period of time will become semi-cannabis dependent on that chemical. In other words, that they feel like they need to use that. Now, when they stop using it, or if you were to take that away from that dependent individual, the side effects from that or the withdrawal syndromes usually are like irritability, and they might lose a little bit of sleep over it. They might, and, and that could be argued that it's psychological, that they're stressing themselves out thinking, oh my God, I'm not stoned. I haven't smoked in two days. And, right. Oh my Lord. But, and, and the withdrawal, well, it's like nicotine. Absolutely. Um, and and yeah. so with cannabis withdrawal, after a few days go by, usually three or four, all of those symptoms and side effects really have faded away and, and you're going on to the next thing. You know, it's, right. it, it's I would not rather... a long term. You know, you're not and, and you don't have to worry about your kidneys shutting down because you've stopped smoking cannabis. You, you, yeah. you might have to worry about some irritability issues, lack of sleep, lack, lack of appetite. Um, and, and those kinds of things, which which are also side effects of stress. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Stress, uh, the American Medical Association openly admits that 90% of all physical ailments are caused from stress. And so um, uh, this is my – you asked about my opinion earlier. And, and so marijuana is a great stress reliever. Um, and, and when you alleviate some of the stress, if, if you're a pain patient and, and you're using cannabis um, and you're redirecting your conscious awareness of your pain to something else, right. um, that is relieving that symptom because you're not, you're not stressed thinking about your pain the entire time that you're on cannabis. You, you've alleviated that section of your thoughts. Um, and that's key. And we've had listeners write in about how they've been on all these different antidepressants and nothing quite helped them like cannabis. Yeah. See, I officially have my card for several very obvious medical reasons, but I also unofficially, I mean, I do, I have been diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety disorders. So I use it in those moments where I'm feeling really anxious and I need that calming effect to help just bring me down enough to where I don't feel like I'm going to hyperventilate and, you know, go through a window or something. 
And so if I'm not smoking, sometimes I'll go through a period of being anxious. And it's not that I'm going through like a detox from it. I'm just anxious and don't have anything to help bring me down to that level. Whereas they used to give me lorazepam and tell me to let it dissolve under my tongue. Sure, sure. And then stopped giving it to me when they felt I was using too much of it in a day. Mm, interesting. Is that a that's a benzodiazepine? Mm-hmm. You maybe had a little uh, benzo uh, Lowers addiction there. Your heart rate. Sure, sure. And helps and blood pressure in right, turn, of course. Right. Sure. And so, and actually, my doctor encouraged me to use it in social events when I was starting to feel a little anxious, even if my children were there and I might be responsible for driving too. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. So, well, I guess if you have nicotine gum, uh, make sure your kids don't get a hold of it. <laughs> so, well, you want to shift gears here and talk about the local situation? Um, yeah, we should quickly <clears throat> go over the story um, about the Senate hearing in Helena because I okay. think... This will help a lot of people feel a little bit more comfortable with how things are going to go. Right. And real quick, uh, if you're in Bozeman, I'm going to give you guys some numbers oh, here. yeah. Okay, sorry. If you want to get on a bus, just real quick, and we'll put these in the show notes. The Bozeman, you call the AK's, AKC's Bozeman office. I think that's a kinder caregivers. Okay. At 406-587-2335. From Butte, the number is 406 406- Seven eight two four zero three one Missoula four oh six three four nine four two zero zero and Bitterroot call Rob at four oh six two three nine six six four nine. If any of our listeners need a ride to Helena and you're in any of those places or in between, there you go. And yes. we'll have those numbers at hotboxpodcast.com slash forums for you uh, and everything. So Yeah. All right. Okay. So now I think this will help people feel a little bit more comfortable. But as I said before, remember, these are politicians that we're right. dealing with. So we still need to follow through with going there and presenting ourselves as responsible patients and caregivers in Montana. Um. So... Remember your audience right. too while you're in Helena. This um, is these their are, game. This is yeah. Uh, you're going to be in the Capitol building. Um, and Let me ask you something. I saw something on Facebook uh, today, and it it was a, a little. It got kind of heated. It was a discussion about showing up to the hearing smelling like cannabis. No, one side of the story said it's my right. I'm a patient. I'm allowed to. This law gives me that right. The other side said. This is their territory. This is their game. We need to present ourselves. They think that we're potheads. We need to show them not. The other guy said, it's about my rights. The other side said, it's not about your rights because if this happens, you're not going to have that right. And if you know, mm-hmm. if you show up like that, I, I'm kind of on the side that, yeah, this is their territory, so we have to play their game, mm-hmm. even though I'm all about smoking and all that, but... You have to know. You have to pick and choose. And I, I do believe it is your right, but this is their territory and it's their game, and we have to play their game I if we want our right. I think this is an moment. Exactly. What do you think, Ian? Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Uh, 
I, I hope that when I go there, nobody's going to be smoking pot out in front of the Capitol. Well, building. when of you go, not. nobody's going to be nobody's going to be you know um, um, sh- trying to prove that they are abusing the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. When point. you go speak, you're not going to be smoking on your way there. You want to represent a certain image. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's not really even representing a certain image. It's representing us. Mm-hmm. Um. And and. Uh, everybody loves blue jeans and t-shirts. Senators wear blue jeans and t-shirts. Uh, Montana, most, most most of the time out of the year. But while they're at work and you are going to their place of employment. Right. And so, um, you know, I don't know. I'm a this cigarette smoker. This is their smoker. job. They yeah, take I'm a cigarette smoker. And, and sometimes when I smell like a cigarette, you know, people give me a dirty look. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, sure. man, he smells like cigarettes. Sure. That, you know, he's killing himself. How unfortunate or whatever. And so <laughs> that is my right to smell however I want to. But you, you got to remember where not that it's like their house and their game. But you know, we're looking for respect. We're mm-hmm. looking to be treated right. as equals. We're looking to like have equality with our medicine compared to everybody else's. If if you're taking a prescription drug, you don't smell like that. Um, sure. I, I really think that that. Um, and that's where someone said medibles. If you really are that, if you're that sick, take medibles. Don't. If if you, you have to use marijuana to get there because of your medical condition, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're smoking marijuana Just, to say to yeah. say I'm going to go in there reeking like pot, I, right, you know right. that that's that's. Not what we need there. That's a difference. And, right. and, and, yeah. the, and the last time we were in Helena at the Senate, there were there were individuals that were for medical marijuana, kind of kind of policing the fans or policing the people that were advocates, saying, "Listen, uh, you, you, we would appreciate you not to speak because you're going to make us look bad." Mm-hmm. And then they went on to the next person that was going to speak and just kind of had a conversation with them. And, and what they're really trying to do, and it's really doing us a favor, is trying to get the people that are going to give us the best name to these individuals that are, you know, classifying us right. all. Right. We're as trying to be the thing. most efficient with what time we have there. If their if their time is filled with just all these stories about, you know, whatever, it's not going to make the impression that we want. But if we can be concise. And have really mm-hmm. well thought out stories, and, and this is look at these people. Well, yeah, then I think that makes a huge difference. Jim Gingry, when I was on the phone with him the other day, was telling me that actually after one of the hearings, they were pulled aside and told, you know, good job, thank you, you guys represented really well because everybody was very to the point. They represented themselves very well. It wasn't a bunch of long rants and things like that. That's good. And That's so what I think it has to be. That that is very important because they notice yep. that and they're expecting something different. We need to exactly. show them they have what an image expecting. in their mind of what we look like mm-hmm. as a whole. A- another thing, if you are going to be in Helena, um, there's a certain way that you speak um, to these individuals that are your elected officials. Um, right. Um, much like if you were in court speaking to the judge, you don't say, hey, dude. It's a whole new level of respect. Right. Council members, yeah. chairmen, those kinds of things. And, and because everybody that goes there to speak about other subjects speaks to them uh, in their language. Um, and so that's another thing to, to keep in mind. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be down there and you have something to say... Uh, just try to ask some other individuals while you're there or try to get kind of the gist of what to do while you're there. Right. Basically, every industry has its own lingo. If you look at it that way, this is just this is just like that. Right. It's like saying your honor or judge when you go. Exactly. Or the cops. Yes, sir. No, sir. The judge, Mr. Ortley or whoever you're seeing. It's a respect thing. Yeah, it's that's their thing. That's fine. 
Well, I I would like to be called, you know, by my name. And if I have something fancy in front of it, I want that included too. Sure. (laughs) Dr. Matthias Lee Esquire the fourth. Nice. MD. (laughs) Well, and I think we've also stressed before, too, that people prepare themselves what they want to say before (laughs) they get there. Like, you have very well done. Um, But, and not to divert or try to answer what they've already heard being said or... (sighs) You know, I, I'm trying to stress to people to just stay on what they've prepared they wanted to say. Be prepared when they get up there and just stick to the point. Don't divert. Right. Burger says, don't let Charlie Sheen talk there. I True fully agree. story. I watched some of those interviews. Oh, my God. Oh, I posted I hope them. he if you does go to the, not try to show up. Go to the forums. They are amazing. This guy is on. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, about being prepared in Helena, um, Please. I guess I would ask a favor, actually. Um, I, have, I have a bunch of documents, independent studies, state-released information. Uh, we haven't even talked about crime yet. That's a great subject because um, it, it's really interesting as far as where our crime numbers are at. Um, but if anybody has information that they would like presented, and what I mean by information is like verifiable information, um, anything from that's been released from the state, anything that's been done by a reputable independent study. You know, the University of Oxford releases something, not sure. not necessarily like uh, just not My bro random down information. The street that, right, exactly. nothing like that. I want right. I want something that is from a reputable source. Protocols and certified. That if I were to go to the library of, of in Helena that I could probably find the source. Helena's got a really good library. Um, right. And so uh, uh, any any like verifiable information, studies or things. The other thing is that there's been a lot of, of concerns um, um, issued by uh, certain Montanans about what medical marijuana is doing to the state. And I'm sure you've all heard the, the bike gangs and the mafia and the increased the crime. My favorite the, one is the war, The destruction is worse than what Hurricane Katrina caused. That oh, is absolutely. still my favorite one. Really? Um, I, I see somebody uh, in this chat room that's saying um, not to scare or not to threaten them by saying if you take this away, you'll use it illegally. Right, um, the, the, and and that's that brings me back to the use and abuse thing. There the, at my clinic, that's my bad. I think I started that. Yeah, well, um, I apologize. <laughs> so I, about once or twice a week, I probably uh, meet an individual that has never used marijuana before, or maybe it was thirty years ago um, in college sure. that they smoked it a few times, and here they are, um, a responsible adult. They've raised kids. They've they have a career. Or maybe they're retired, um, and 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 they come into my clinic. They don't know how to use a pipe. They remember that they used to just smoke. Jays out of some Mexi brick something or another with all these seeds and stems, and so they're really intimidated <laughs> about what's going on. Um, this is a this is a, a like a typical marijuana user. I I do a consultation with this individual. Um, I, I walk them through what to do, how to do it. Call me if you have any questions or concerns. Don't hesitate. Come down here. I'll help you out. The, now the thing is though about these individuals is that the only reason they're using marijuana is because it's legal. And so by repealing a uh, medical marijuana law, you're really taking the marijuana away from the people that are really using it in a positive light. Um, a 65-year-old individual probably isn't going to break the law to obtain marijuana. The people that will break laws to obtain marijuana, and this is – I'm not going to bunch everybody up. I'm one of the individuals that would still use marijuana. 
But the people that are the predominantly that are going to be in the marijuana field after it's illegal again are the drug abusers, are the drug dealers, are the addicts, are the people that don't care if it's illegal or not. They're going to go out and use it. The people that have, are finding relief from symptoms that they've been using traditional medicine for for 20, 30 years with some things and not gotten results, they've started to get results with medicinal marijuana. And if it became illegal, they would probably give it up. And so um, that's a, do you that's a think big deal. so though? Because yes. I think some of these people's their lives have been drastically changed. Some, some, but where where does a sixty five year old man in glasses go to get a bag of weed? His grandkid. Well, no, that's situational. That's situational. That's situational. For sure. And so um, um, it, that's an issue. The other thing that people that are that want this to be repealed. Um, uh, they, they don't realize that when you take a right away from another individual, you're also giving it up yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't take the right away from a group of people and not give it up yourself. You can't say that they can't do that, but I can. And so by repealing this law, not, not that I really think that that'll happen, and I'll get into that, but you, they're really giving up a, a freedom as well. And and I don't think that they realize that because they've characterized us all as a bunch of drug abusing potheads, and we're just doing this to get high. I think, though, that that group, they they gave it up when they started believing in their doctrine just because of what it says, even though we saw that story that came out later that said their doctrine states that if it was given from God that you, are, you should use it. So mm-hmm. they kind of have conflicting views there. But I believe that this group is probably more doped on antidepressants <laughs> than anything else. So... Um. Another concern that's been brought up by um, our lovely Montana public is, is mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard that one of the senators says, uh, uh, do you want a third of all Montana high school students to have their card? You know, what? Like, assuming that assuming that a third of all high school students and currently um, there's only 51 minors that have their medical card. Only 51. That's just in Kalispell. No, that's across the state. Just the Flathead Valley. No, that's across the state. Out just of a million citizens. The whole state. Interesting. Yeah. 51. Yeah. Huh? 51. Yeah, huh. that's that makes up point one eight percent of the patients. That's not at all 40 percent. Or what were they saying? <laughs> that's absolutely yeah, not their number. A third number. of high school students obtaining their medical card um the, the really interesting part is actually the average patient age is 41 really um there are 10 patients over the age of 90 really absolutely do they have this information yeah oh i have it all right here huh. um huh. The, uh let's say there's um they're lying then well, they're just not informed. It's th- this is a this is an emotional battle for most people. This marijuana is a very emotional thing. It has nothing to do with facts. Yeah, because it's a controversial issue. You'll find studies that say it's not a gateway drug, and then you'll find studies that say it is a gateway drug. Sure. You'll find studies that say it causes psychosis, and you'll find studies that say it doesn't cause psychosis, and and that's what makes this a controversial subject. For most individuals, it is an emotional battle. They do not like marijuana, and they do not I like... I love cannabis. Me too. It's very emotional. Yeah. And that's so what my emotions... You, you have yeah. these people that are, like, fighting, fighting emotionally, emotionally for, to get rid of cannabis. Let's just turn this into a religious war while we're at it. Shit. I mean... <laughs> Halfway there, it's almost there. It's all, everybody's right? everybody's scary? everybody's seen the commercial, That's and, and everybody me. knows who did the commercial and that where they come me. from. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Ugh. I wish I wish they would have taken that $20,000 and bought books for kids. I wish they would have taken that and bought plane tickets for themselves back to Utah, <laughs> personally. <laughs> we'll cover the kids' books. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Um, the largest the largest patient group is the uh, people between 21 and 30, and they make up about 24%, almost that's 25%. Us. That's yeah, me too. us. That's us. most of you yeah. guys listening. Me too. Sure. Um, the second largest group is 51 to 60. And they make up 22.4%. And so all the largest groups... That's every, our parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and believe it or not, there's 2,000 cardholders that are between 61 and 70. Huh. That's a large group. That is a fairly large so, group. so really, it's not a bunch of young kids getting their cards. There are 1,122 or 4% of patients are eight, between the ages of 18 and 21. That's, I mean, let's keep in mind that cigarette smoking age all the way to alcohol consumption age. Correct. So, okay. correct. I just want to make these sure are, we... these are the individuals that are actually like holding cards. Right. Um, a, a lot of the information and about the medical marijuana program has been completely distorted. Do they I, understand though, that that age group is so active in what they do and they hurt themselves sometimes? Um, I think that it's categorized typically that younger individuals do not have health problems. Um, really? Which, well, typically, I think that if you talk to um, these individuals that are a little older, when they were of that age, they probably didn't really complain of chronic pain. Right. They probably, you know, the snowboarding accident thing, I don't think a lot of people think that that is a, a bona fide issue to use cannabis. But they're more than happy to let you take uh, Oxycontin of or, course. or Lortabs. Of course. Absolutely. Here, hey, Your pain take some hurts. of mine. Yeah, so, shit. So, Ian, <laughs> I have a question. Do you think these numbers are going to change drastically now that um, that organization isn't doing the traveling clinics anymore? Uh, they haven't been doing the traveling clinics for over a year now. Um, and, and I think that is, is what, uh, uh, oh, this is kind of an interesting thing. And so there's a lot yeah, of, what concern. Are your thoughts on? okay. So there's a lot of concern, the traveling clinic <clears throat> thing. I mean, they were signing up thousands of people a day and, and really like th- that isn't enough time for a medical professional to even review <laughs> medical records. And so I can see the, 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 um, the public's concern with that and the teleclinics thing too. You know, people don't realize that you can get many drugs through a teleclinic M- many drugs not just cannabis but because you can get cannabis online through the pharmacies much yeah exactly and so um I, I really think that one of the things that was brought up is is that in some of these bills that have been slated, they state that the the physician can't have anything to do with the medical dispensary um, real quickly yes a person from out of state can still get a card um, but uh, oh shit please um Oh, um, the card. I'm sorry, I just threw that out there. (laughs) I'm an asshole. I forgot what I was saying. Um... We were talking about the rates for different people. Using. Oh yeah, traveling clinics and things. And so one of the things Thank that you, was Sandy. Yeah, do, word. Do, okay, do. so one of the things cannabis affects the brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but there's been something that's been slated in several bills stating that the physician cannot be part of or have any relationship or any sort of financial ties to a medical dispensary or to the marijuana field. And right. so one of the one of the solutions to that is to moving the physician off site into a different location. Um, I mean, I currently have a physician that comes to my clinic. Um, I, 
but if that was ever to change, it it wouldn't be very difficult to to assign him a different location, you know, down the street, across the street, or whatever. That he could sure. set up a neutral office, and and that happens in Kalispell as well. Do you agree with that though? Should it have to be like that? I mean, I can go to my Whitefish Clinic and see my doctor, and then walk right there and fill my prescription. I mean, if it's treated medically, should it be any different than that, or? What do you think? I mean, I, I'm fighting for equality. I sure. really think that this medication, if we're going to consider it a medication, then it then we need to treat it like other medications. Sure. If people are worried that the doctors are making money from the dispensaries, or the the public is worried that doctors are making money from the dispensaries, and they would rather them be at a neutral location, um, whatever. Big I mean, pharma, much? Uh, are yeah, we okay wh- with? With them going to our doctors and giving them kickbacks and taking them out to fancy dinners and are buying you okay them, with buying that? Them prostitutes? I don't give a shit. I, I wish my bosses would do those right? things for me. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, if it, equality, definitely. We're not second class citizens just because we puff some chronic. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, um, no, and I don't think it makes anybody... Yeah, it doesn't make you any less of a person in any area at all unless you abuse it to allow it to affect those sure. areas. Like, I don't frown upon you if you drink, but if you drink to the point where you're pissing your pants, then sure, you know, don't sit on my couch. That's all. I mean... Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting uh, topic of study, definitely. So, now, really quickly, you... Because he has a lot of information here, and I want to hey, talk about it all. Yeah. Okay. Can what I ask about just, the crime rates? What? Yeah, the crime rates. Well, I just wanted to everybody ask knows how that people medical treat marijuana you. has brought the mafia. And mafia is running the medical marijuana game in Montana. I was friends really? with the Mexican mafia when we were kids. Right. Yeah, sure. 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 And, anyway, and then bike gangs um, have been coming to Montana to traffic the marijuana to other states because we're a source state. And, I thought that be- was meth. Well, take your pick. It, okay. It's really the whatever is on the slate. Um, so <laughs> right, and <laughs> funny how that works. So crime rate, and so because of the mafia, and because of the bike gangs, and because of all these uh, uh, hooligans using it's marijuana, destruction up here. Right. I'm surprised so, you made it here without getting shot. Honestly, it, it, we've lost three guests so far. Yeah, well, I believe that. It's I scary. Saw your neighbors. It's the hood. Um. <laughs> So crime rate, if 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 um if you look at these crime rate numbers, it's it's actually really shocking. Um, 2009, we had 974,000 people that lived here in Montana, sure. and the crime index was was 26,497, and that doesn't include that. This is this is just crimes that have to do with violence, property damage, uh, murder, forcible rape, crimes. Correct. Robbery, aggravated okay. assault, burglary, larceny, theft, and vehicle theft. So these are these are the crimes that um, uh, we perform while we're tripping on marijuana. And so these all these crimes, you know, um, I'm um, tripping on marijuana right now. Yeah, absolutely. I need so, to go commit a crime. Hold on. Violent crimes and, <laughs> and and all these other things. And so if you look at this crime index, and and then you try to find another year where the crime index was as low as it is this year. You actually have to go all the way up this page. It's actually on the other page. Really? And it's, it's back at 1973. Really? That's al- before I was born. Right. And then, huh. But let's let's talk about the relevant years, um, the years 2004 to 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. 
And and so there's a little bit of fluctuation. Um, prior to 2004, the the typical crime index, man, it's all the way up at 42,000, 41,000. It's in the 30s, and then we get to 2004 wow. and it goes to 29. Whoa! It jumps back up to 32, and then it's been on a steady kind of decrease up until 2009. Now that's that's a that's a over a long time period. And then so I have this uh, uh, Montana Crime Reporting newsletter, and this is from the state of Montana, mm-hmm. um, and it talks about everything from drug crimes to to violent crimes and all these other things, and and it says the same thing that crimes down. Mm. We are having less crime. Do they They're... have that information? Do they have access? I, well, to I that? don't really. I found that information and posted it in the forum one morning while I was drinking coffee. Huh. So I mean, it's can, pretty easy to. I mean, I think most people have some kind of access. Can to it. some of our listeners maybe send that to the safe community people? Well, maybe? can they read? I don't know. I, can well, someone record see, it and send it to them so that they can one listen? One of the things I wrote can in they the forum, too, was, I mean, obviously crime went a little up. Can we draw big pictures? That was expected. <laughs> right. You know, when population increases, your percentage of other things is going Everything to Everything well. adjusts accordingly. Right. Well, actually, um, even though our population has gone up, the crime, crime is still lower than it's been really? in, in, in been in many years. Now here's really? now here. This is interesting too, and and I might huh. be misinterpreting this, but um, drug crimes are <laughs> up are up point two percent, and so I don't know if hmm. that means that maybe the police have more time to chase down other illicit drugs, hmm. or maybe they're focusing their energies on arresting people that are using drugs illegally. Hmm. I think they should focus on going after people that aren't doing, you know. What the law entails. I don't know. Maybe beating their wives, threatening sure. people, running sure. around this is Montana. Hey, What's wrong with beating your wife? Don't. T- that's a right. <laughs> that's my right. And if she beats me back, well then. I think there's a word for that. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is called a wife beater. Check so. it. <laughs> so there, there's just I wrote been a, a lot rap of, about it. There's been a lot of concerns raised by the Montana public about all of these negative things um, that medical marijuana has brought to the state. And, and really, like I said, it's, it's emotionally charged. It's, it's not really factual. I mean, I have the state of Montana's economy. Like, I have an economical report. Should government be and, evidence-based? I think that medical issues, as in medicinal marijuana or anything else that you're putting into people's bodies, should be fact But what's based. unfortunate is what the entire law oh. is based on. Right. Right? Which is a complete fabrication. Well, it was because of the jazz musicians getting the white women. <clears throat> Damn them jazz musicians. Shit. Can you play any jazz? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a rap about that, too. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it's terrible. The whole the whole basis of this, the whole foundation it's, is sand. It's it's, it's emotional based, and and I can sure. actually understand the negative emotions because um, b- because of that um, unclear difference between drug users and drug abusers, and 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 the status quo is that if you use a Schedule One drug, you're abusing it, and so the the emotion is there, and and you'll you'll hear all sorts of people that have said that marijuana's ruined people's lives, and it's and it's really been detrimental to their health and 
things. And, and I'm, I'm just really glad that those individuals that, that marijuana ruined their lives, they didn't find something different first because it probably would have deteriorated Could you imagine? their existence Could faster. you imagine? Well, you know, I have become, I've tried to become a lot more active in some of the groups that involve women coming out and talking about marijuana. That's huge, I And think. yeah, because I think more women definitely should come out. You're the and, mothers. Yeah, You're exactly. the mothers. That's... And, you know, I think that if women are more compassionate about something, that it tends to be a little bit more accepted, you know, normally. Women run the household. Right. For sure. And so I definitely feel that more women should be stepping out and saying something about this. And a lot of the groups that I have looked at, though, where women are coming out and saying that marijuana should not be, you know... um, prohibited and persecuted the way that it is right they've lost children because they thought that there was a drug problem because their kid was smoking pot put them in rehab or some other facility yep. and they learned how to do harder drugs yep. and then their child overdosed on heroin interesting and they were able to make that distinction between the fact that their child learned something because they thought pot was the problem right you know but see, I mean, what about the mothers that say if they do that, their kids will get taken away. Someone will report them. They have to stay kind of. I'm not hidden. saying by any means let you know sit there and let let's, your kid do drugs. I'm saying let's approach stand by the, the problem. Yeah, let's let's stand by the idea that young individuals should not be doing drugs, right. and and there should be an appropriate course of action that every parent. It's an individual basis. You, sure. you as your parent should know your child well enough to decide on what to do to help your child out to keep them away from drugs, whether it be education, whether it be spending more time with them. Maybe I, this is a really weird idea, but become more involved in their lives. That's a really, I mean, that's a, that's a stretch. I, I, that's a stretch, you know. We have time um, for that. Uh, you yeah. know, when, when I was in high Working school. Working two jobs here, shit. E, right, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Spend more time with my kids, no And that's way. important. They have to know that you are the parent. That's your kid. It's, you have to do that. Correct. Um, so I don't know how much time we have here left, but. Um, hey, we got as much time as you got. All right, well. Um, I have about seven gigs of free space on that drive, uh, right. so, so uh, let's go. Uh, <laughs> a few things. Like I said, um, the factual, I, I would really appreciate anything that, I, like I said, I have a whole folder here full of clipped papers. Yeah, and, and we're totally and trying to gather but that on the forums and make it on that, the site, all that info. Anything that's relevant to Montana and medical marijuana or relevant to Montana that has to do with a concern that the public has brought up, you know, whether it's crime, whether it's work-related injuries. I could talk about that, but it's really boring. Um, or, what do you think, real quick on that, what do you think of the Joseph Kasai case? The, the Walmart, what? The Walmart, the guy from Walmart with the inoperable brain tumor. He had a tumor brain that got tumor fired. and sinus cancer, and he, got in, he hurt his knee while he was at work, and, of course, workman's comp, they drug test you right away. He was fired and denied any workman's comp claim or medical help from that point on Mm -hmm. because they determined that because cannabis was in his system, regardless of the fact that he had not used before or during work. And he was employee of the year. Let's. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But because of the fact that it came up in a test as positive, they didn't ask when he had used it. They just fired him. And then when he took them to court, basically they let it go all the way up to the federal level. Where once it got to that point, federally, marijuana is still illegal no matter what. 
So they were able to said, say, of course they were able to fire. And that was that. It. So you just you so just, the ACLU got involved. It, in, you indirectly just answered the question about marijuana causing more work related injuries and the cost that businesses will have to take on because of that. Truth is, insurance companies will not cover your accident. And so there isn't really any incurred costs other than losing their employee, um, right. but, which but, they really seem to care about. And and that's what I that's what I mean about equality. I think that right. there should be there we should be treated as equals. I we're think not that we're being discriminated class. against. I think that we're being characterized as all kind of the same thing. And and if you've ever been in a dispensary or met a handful of patients that. I mean, they really range from every age group. I really don't. <laughs> and think they that... honestly, they're the coolest group of people for real. They are. Like, I love hanging nice. out and talking to my patients. I would way rather do that than hang out with a bunch of drugs. I've talked to some real. really cool people who've led some really cool lives, you know, because right? they're in their 60s and 70s and, yep. you know, 80s. And just sitting there talking to them about some of the stuff that they've experienced without cannabis use even involved, you know. It's just really neat, and they like someone taking the time to listen to them, too. Yeah, totally. And that's important. You got to take the time. Well, yeah, because people should care about people. Uh, <gasps> right. You're a communist. <laughs> this, is, this is getting pretty esoteric. So anyway. anyway <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, any information. I'll give you out my email address if anybody has any current thoughts or later thoughts. Do you guys have a website for your shop? I do. Um, but well, my email address is it's Ian Baker. That's I A N B A K E R. Don't laugh. At CenturyLink.net. C E N T U R Y L I N K.net. Um, that's Ian Baker at CenturyLink.net. And so any inf- pertinent information, anything that I can use in Helena to help me out, to help you out, to help all of us out, um, um, I have some, uh, I, I could really use that. Um, any, anything and you else. have more ammunition. Like more you ammunition. said, you have some talks lined up when you're going there. So, uh, yes, on Thursday I'm meeting with two different senators um, from District Eight and Seven. Um, this is really embarrassing, but uh, during their lunch hour is pretty much the only time that they're going to have to speak with me. But I've raised enough stink. I've talked enough and said some things that interest these uh, Republican awesome. senators about marijuana. Um, the next issue is is that okay? So if the bill, it's probably. I don't think that they're going to repeal the bill. We have a good governor, and he's not going to do anything unconstitutional. The, there were ninety two bills slated that were had had something to do with unconstitutional action in them. Ninety two. And he, already. the only quote that I remember that he said was that he's not in the habit of overturning what the voters, the majority, have that, voted. That's 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 very true as well. So. But. So repeal. So everybody's got all worked up about this repeal thing, and everybody's so scared that we're going to lose medicinal marijuana. And so, so is what I really don't want is for people to be okay with overregulation in trade for not repealing the bill. Like everybody's so worked up, and so if the Senate says, "All right, we're not going to repeal it, but we're going to do this," I don't want everybody to be like, "Oh, thank God, okay, whatever, whatever's better," and just accept anything that they throw at right. you. And so, um, House right. Bill HB four two nine is the next thing that we need to look at. Um, HB four two nine, and this is this is uh, another bill that's going to be issued to the Senate, um, and there's some pretty uh, strenuous. Um, implications is this the of one this with law. two? You have to get two doctors. Actually, this is a little different than that. Um, they are going to set up a. Is the way that I understand this is they're setting up a a court order 
for you to use medicinal marijuana. So you oh, get your doctor's yeah. you get your doctor's recommendation, and then you have to go to the court to get a court ordered permission slip because to use medical marijuana. The court's jurisdiction, whether or not you right. have a it, also will sure. destroy any sort of marijuana cooperatives, which means that if you have um, a couple caregivers that have banded together in a, in a in a facility or on even the same piece of property to produce marijuana for their patients, that nixes that as well. So in other words, if you're a caregiver, you're the only person that can be producing marijuana in your building, in your property. What does that do? That's Well, it destroys co-ops. That's dumb. Why would you do that? Well, that's something that you should... Aren't co-ops a good thing? You should ask your senators why you would do something like that. What the F, Senators? Yeah. So HB, you- that's HB 429, and this is something that um, uh, Senator one of the senators brought up to me as the bill that he was thinking was a little bit more applicable than actually repealing the law. The, the senators understand that if we repeal the law, marijuana is not going away, <laughs> and, and it's not like it's going to really even slow things down too much because everybody's going to still want marijuana. So this is what they're trying to do, and, and I really think that they've got everybody so scared about, you know, repealing marijuana that, you know, if another bill comes across the table and it still enables some of us to use marijuana. The other thing that this bill does is says that if if you uh, you pretty much can't have a card if you have been booked or um, even a, a no contest charge of really um, any sort of uh, violent act, use of sale or use or sale of drugs, fraud, deceit, or theft. And so, wait, deceit—that's ironic, isn't that? So there's this bill. This bill covers a lot of things. It's I think it's 13 pages long, and this is an this is like a, an amendment to the current law. Um, there are this some, is their fix. One of them. I mean, there's plenty of bills. This is one that was just mentioned to me as far as this is something that they are looking at, a particular senator. So um, HB 429, it's worth looking up, reading over. And this is probably like this isn't a one stage fight. We're not going to just beat repeal and be good to go. We're going to beat repeal and then we're going to have to beat down some of these other things because it's 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 it pretty much makes medical marijuana almost unattainable for most people like I, and I don't really want to f- – I don't feel the need to have to go to get a court affidavit or a court did permission slip. Did you say slip. HB 429? Yes, I did. Okay. Here's the link in the chat for you guys if you want to read over it or what have you. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes, hotboxpodcast.com for you. It's uh, quite um, the document. Yeah, so that's – and my point is is not to – we shouldn't – That's we shouldn't interesting. Be so, I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, we shouldn't be so relieved that we're yeah. not repealing the law, but we're going to overregulate it. See, the, the, mm-hmm. and politics do things like that, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware of, like, incremental laws. Like, a little bit here, a little bit there, and next thing you know, it's gone. Right. And so uh, we really need to be on our toes and not just accept the next best thing. Um, I hate the I hate the term of – lesser of two evils. I really think that that right. is terrible. It's not that we're evil. even put in the position to do that. And so uh, I, I know that a lot of us, especially if, if we're involved anywhere in the medicinal marijuana industry, uh, we, have a, we, we don't have just this bill to overcome. We have other ones. And then it gets worse because in two years you can bet that it's going to be up for voter approval again. We're, we're going to be back at the ballots. We're going to be voting for medicinal marijuana. Whether and that, keep you it. know that whole time this group absolutely is going to be working their asses off and so that uh, is kind of a little bit of a challenge for those that are those of us that are involved um, we have a lot of education to do we have a lot of um, 
uh, changing the status quo. There's a stigma with medicinal marijuana. Right. Everybody's seen the big buds are us stores with the with the giant pot leaves. You know, it's almost they, like a pornographic right. Like, they sign. Got, they got to, smoke yeah. seeping out of underneath the door, yeah, and yeah. there's kids that come stumbling out of the place laughing. Reggae you know, like music, their pants half blasting. on, getting in their cars, running over people. Sure. And so you know, uh, uh, the baby boomers drive by that and think, oh my god. I cannot believe that's in my town. I'm going to pray about it. You know, and right. so and so we really have a, a big challenge in front of us. Um, it's it's really been the wild west for the last several years here. We've really been able to kind of really do whatever we wanted to do. Um, and I, you know what? Honestly, it's been like that. What's the worst thing that's happened? Has anyone died? Is everything? No, we've offended people is the worst thing that's happened. Oh, my goodness. Well, have you ever seen the human centipede? That offended people. Okay. Oh, don't go there. (laughs) I haven't even seen the movie. The preview was enough to offend me. This town should be so thankful that some of these buildings have been rented. This town should be so grateful that some of these empty office spaces are being used for something that's having a positive... This is hurting our kids. I'm going to go pray now. Um, God's ignored me for the last 20 years. My my homeopathic medication works, though. And I'm allowed to have that. What a... It's so infuriating. Yeah. I don't know Um, what I'm more mad about, that or the fact that these people are so easy to fool. Well, and I think that another important thing is that if we settle for over-regulation, we're showing mm. them that we're willing to settle. And we're not. We're, we are human beings. We deserve the same right as anybody else out there. And no, we can't settle for anything. Yep. You know, that's not fair to us because people out there don't have to settle for their <clears throat> painkillers. Walgreens has it on tap 24 hours a day. And this is actually helping the And they don't have to go to court to get their painkillers either. They and just it, get it from a doctor. And if that doctor says no, there's an urgent care clinic right down the street. Yep. And it has such a huge ripple effect with what the industry is involved with. With, like we've talked about, all the jobs, the buildings leasing, the electrical, the hardware stores, the garden shops. It's such a huge thing and it's so helpful and awesome and they're trying to make it minimal they're gonna regulate it to where we have the bare minimum people that are dying of terminal aids or cancer can have it and that's it and they can have one person grow it that they're related to and that's it some of the patients that I have, honestly, they don't want other people, their family to be involved. They don't want it to spill over into anyone else's lives. One of the benefits of having, you know, someone like myself or Ian or any, you know, some of the other caregivers out there is it's a separate person. It's something that's private. They don't have to worry about it spilling over into their social life if they don't want it to spill over into their social life. You know, when you have family involved, People abuse the fact that you're family. Right. I mean, that's one reason why I don't always recommend that you go with a family member as a caregiver. Because there is there are those moments where you may take advantage of it one way or the other. Family know? and business. I right. Mean, is you that, know? You know? 
bad things can happen. People's feelings can get hurt. <laughs> Not a good mixture. Even people that are looking for medicinal marijuana sometimes are so intimidated about the whole thing. You know, it's it's there's such a stigma, like I was saying about. They're worried they'll lose their job. Oh man, they're they're worried about who's going to see them when they park in the parking lot. They're worried about right. who's who's going to see them when they come into the clinic. You know, what if you know what if the the uh, the office manager is there? You know, like the people are just so worried about um, being classified as a drug abuser instead of using this to benefit their life. You know, and that's why I wanted to ask you about life. you're right in the middle of Kalispell, basically. Like yeah. how has that reaction been with all of the other you're in a shop with lawyers with you know CPAs CPAs dentists, dentists massage exactly. therapists. Like are they like do they look at you like er you're that kid slinging dope? Uh at first, um when I uh, no, um, here's the thing. I, I mean, I wear I, I wear a button up shirt every day. I I mean, I comb my hair. I look nice. I'm presentable. Hey, I, you look I, nice to me. Right, right. You know, I do wear jeans at work um, because I, it's not. You know, I wear jeans at work. It's, you know, sue me. So, uh, but you know, I, I I have a professional appearance. I've I've before I worked in a dispensary. I, I've had management jobs, upper management jobs, general managing jobs, and so um, it, it's really like I said. There's there's something to overcome. Um, when I when I run into somebody I know at the at the at the uh, grocery store, and they say they say, oh, what are, you know, what are you up to now? You know, we haven't seen you at your previous job for so long, and I and I tell them that I am, am managing a medical marijuana clinic. I get, Slinging dope to your yeah, children. I get, I get two. I get two responses i get uh i get uh oh okay all right and then i get <laughs> really you yeah. know and, and and the and the 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 laugh and the really or the you're kidding uh those are the individuals that don't have any clue and, and those are the ones that i really wish that i could like invite to come work with me for a day to meet right. all of these people that come in and it's pretty and, amazing yeah and and, and for and, sure and that's that's actually why i stayed working where i'm working is, is and not moved on to another job is because it's so rewarding um there's very few professions that you can get into that you really make a huge difference in somebody's quality of life and and seeing these individuals come in and be so thankful that they have somebody that's knowledgeable somebody that'll listen, you know, somebody that will listen about things that don't even pertain to marijuana, but they have a place to go and they're picking up a product that is improving their quality of life and they thank you for it. They don't thank the farmers. That's huge. They they don't thank the they don't thank, you know, God for making marijuana if you believe that or they don't they thank the person that is giving it to them. Right. Um, working with working with patients on a one-to-one basis, uh helping them choose strains. Um, I have this, it's terrible sometimes. I, I, sometimes we have like 25, 27 strains at the dispensary. And so people come in and they say, oh my God, I don't even know what I want. It's overwhelming. Yeah, right? there's too much to look at, you know. Right. And, and because I've gotten to know a vast majority of the patients, you know, I, I know who has problems with anxiety. I know who has muscle spasms. Yep. I know who has these things. And I know what types of marijuana are going to benefit them or marijuana that they should maybe stay away from because of those issues. Right. And some people don't know that. They think that it's all just dope Absolutely. in their the eyes they're, they're, they have to understand that this is the difference between indicas and sativas are for very real. pronounced and very, cr- and very yeah. pronounced and so um, um, my favorite thing is the I have this this female patient she's a little older and she comes in and she's just she's just all fired up and she says oh I want I want pineapple express to go shopping and <laughs> I want and I want granddaddy perp for before bed Love and I it. want you know and she picks she picks out marijuana to kind of accentuate her activities throughout the day <laughs> 
life. Or to help, yeah. Her lifestyle. And, so, and she's just she's just so robust with energy, and she's always just so excited, and she always has something to say. And and I've seen her make this transition to that person from somebody that tiptoed into my clinic and, right, and right. you know, was kind of just really nervous and really scared and didn't know anything. And now she comes in and, you know, like pushes somebody, not pushes them, but is like, oh, excuse me, let me get in here because I want this and this, you know. And, like and, on a first name basis. Oh, and like, absolutely. You're friendly. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. It's so great. Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, it's been really rewarding to help these individuals with their quality of life, um, um, especially the ones that really didn't think marijuana was going to do anything for them. They've tried every other experimental drug, everything that, that their physician has ever put in front of them. They've tried it all, and nothing's helping or helping minimally, or the side effects are ridiculous. Or maybe, yeah. maybe you know, uh, eight, years of, point where the... eight years of Oxycontin is exactly. really starting to deteriorate their marriage and their relationship with the kids or, yep. or whatever. And so You're they, a zombie. But they have their doubts about marijuana. They kind of feel like, oh, great, my doctor recommended marijuana. Is that what this has come down to? Dope. Like, uh. Yeah, like now I have to go do this. And then they use this drug and, and I say use not abuse. They use this drug. They, they, they have this slight improvement. And within usually a week or two, I, you, they come in, they're smiling and, and they can't believe it. They say things like that. I cannot believe it's a ridiculous improvement. Yeah. They, they, the, you know, I've gotten to sleep. I've, I've helped my wife with dinner. I did dishes. We, you know, we probably made love more than we have in 10 years. We've, you know, all of these things, hmm. th- this quality of life is really improved and and it's changing those people's opinions very quickly about marijuana and that's going to be huge when it comes down to the next round of votes i think absolutely because they're going to remember that well yeah because i mean i've interacted with a lot of family members when i mean i've you know i've dealt with patients before who have felt comfortable enough to bring in a family member or two to introduce me to them you know and because they're comfortable now. And I mean, it's it's really nice getting to know their family and everything. And it really is a really big trust and respect issue with them. Oh, absolutely. You know, but a lot of them, I've actually heard that some family members have said, you know, I voted no for medical marijuana in 2004. But honestly, if I could re-vote now, I would vote yes. Seeing how yeah. much it's improved you know, their life or the fact that they've stopped taking certain painkillers or reduced drinking or that they're just a happier person, you know? Yep. I mean, what's that? What's that worth to you? What's that worth to you? (laughs) My rights. I've lost, I've lost quite a few family members. Is is it worth facing uh, judgment from your peers? I mean, is it, is, is your quality of life worth facing judgment from your peers? Yes. I will face the seven layers of hell. Do you think you can convince hell? other people that yes. use marijuana to I face, try to. To face uh, persecution from Every Tuesday and Saturday. <laughs> come on. Hey, if Jesus did it, come on. And we actually have evidence for our stuff, huh? I'm down with that. Nixon threw a little bit of it away, but... Well, we saved <laughs> as much as we could. All right, well, is there anything else we absolutely need to get to before we wrap this thing up? Uh, no, Ian Baker at CenturyLink.net. If you have any pertinent information, uh, absolutely, I, I agree with the dress nice, look professional, look your best, because mm-hmm. we need to fight for our right to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. You want we want to show up looking as professional as non stereotypical stoners as we possibly can, because that's what we're being classified as. 
I smoke pot every day, but I'm not going to go to a Senate hearing with a pot leaf on my shirt. Tie dye and frisbees and right. I'm yeah, going to go to the Senate dressed the as it's a the peer. Senate. As a peer, I'm going to be in a suit, tie the whole nine. Right. Uh-huh. It's the Senate. You're. Uh-huh. You're going to the Senate. Like, I want you them to look at that, me yeah. as an equal so that they will exactly. start to treat us as equals. And that's that's what I really want is that's equality. That's huge, for and sure. And equality is a hard thing to fight for. So. Yeah, Amen. definitely. Um, also, anybody in the Columbia Falls, Kalispell, Whitefish area that needs information about the bus, please contact 890-9667. That's, that's the number, right? Yeah, it is. Sure. Um, eight nine zero nine six six seven. That's me, and I can get you the info. Don't awesome. give up because we're not getting this bill repealed. Don't give up. We still need to fight over regulation. Right. Still, don't just because it's not being re- repealed. Don't sit down and go, oh, phew, I'm out of the, I'm, you know, I'm out of trouble there. The we're gonna be okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. still, Absolutely. we need to stand up for really how we feel about this, and we need to present that in a professional manner and a truthful manner. So that the individuals that don't agree with us may have something to think about. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hey, Ian, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me here, guys. I appreciate it, and I'll probably see a lot of you in Helena next Friday. Absolutely. Yes. Sandy, thank you. Matt, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Email info at hotboxpodcast.com. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed. Uh, follow the Twitters and join the Facebook group. Spread it to your friends. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. If you like, you like we where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to Hot Box.